Welcome to Decision Vision, a podcast series focusing on critical business decisions. Brought to you by Brady Ware and Company. Brady Ware is a regional, full-service accounting and advisory firm that helps businesses and entrepreneurs make visions a reality. Welcome to Decision Vision, a podcast giving you, the listener, clear vision to make great decisions. In each episode, we discuss the process of decision-making on a different topic from the business owner's or executive's perspective. We aren't necessarily telling you what to do, but we can put you in a position to make an informed decision on your own and understand we might need help along the way. My name is Mike Blake, and I'm your host for today's program. I'm a director at Brady Ware & Company, a full-service accounting firm based in Dayton, Ohio, with offices in Dayton, Columbus, Ohio, Richmond, Indiana, and Alfreda, Georgia. If you'd like to engage with me on social media with my chart of the day and other content, I'm on LinkedIn as myself and at Unblakeable on Facebook, Twitter, Clubhouse, and Instagram. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast aggregator, and please consider leaving a review of the podcast as well. Before we get into this week's conversation, I want to mention that a colleague of mine, Betty Collins, who's a partner with Brady Ware and host of her own podcast, Inspiring Women, is helping to lead the 8th Annual Brady Ware Women's Leadership Conference. Like most things, it's staying virtual this year, but on July 30th, if you like this podcast and the topics discussed, I suspect you will like their discussion points for that conference. Several speakers, including two national voices and the governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, are on the agenda. Please check out www.columbuswomensleadership.com. It may seem local to Ohio, but the content is worthwhile nationally. Now, on with this week's Decision Vision. Today's topic, should I get my old job back? And... um, you know, I've, I've, I've been in the, the public accounting industry for, uh, golly, in some fashion I've been in for, I guess, 12, 10, something like 10 to 12 years. Um, shows I'm not a very good accountant because I can't count that high. But, um, you know, and one thing I've, I've noticed is there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of shuffling of talent. And in particular, I've noticed there are a lot of folks that work for an accounting firm for some period of time. They leave going off to find at least what they think are greener pastures and then come back after a period. And I'm sure that happens a lot in, in other industries as well. Accounting is the one that I happen to see it. And it made me curious about the decision process to leave a job and then come back to it. Um, I, I've never done that, not because I think it's good or bad, just simply the circumstances really didn't dictate it. Um, and as people are re-entering the workforce here, as we record this podcast on July 7, 2021, you know, people <clears throat> may be thinking about getting old jobs back, whether they were furloughed, whether they took a leave of absence, whether they quit uh, altogether because of environmental circumstances dictated by the pandemic, or maybe they, they simply left because, again, they, they saw greener pastures elsewhere. So, you know, I, I, I don't have data to support this, but my instinct tells me this is a decision that that if you're not facing yourself, you probably know somebody that's considering this, the decision, and maybe you can turn them on to this podcast. And joining us today is Owen Sizemore, who's a certified valuation analyst and manager in the valuation services group here at uh, Brady Ware. And uh, he's uh, a boomerang employee. He was with us for a while, left, and we'll, we'll talk about that story and has come back, and, and we are delighted to have him back, and I'm equally delighted to have him on the program. Owen Sizemore, welcome to Decision Vision. Thanks for having me, Mike. So um, talk about, let's start with kind of where you are today. Um, 
tell the listeners about your current role at Bradyware, please. Yeah, so uh, I am a, a manager in the valuation and litigation support practice at Bradyware, uh, which basically means I, I take on valuation engagements for a variety of purposes, transactions, tax, uh, litigation support, like I mentioned. Uh, and then I also do some due diligence work as well, merger and acquisition due diligence. Uh, that's a smaller part of my practice, and I, I, I anticipate that getting smaller as time goes on. Uh, but it's worth mentioning that that I do get in get into some of that work currently. So before you came to Bradyware, what were you doing? Well, is that the is that the first time or the second time? Oh, good question. <laughs> first, let's go first time. Yeah. So so first time, uh, I Mike, you've probably heard me say this way too many times, but I, I always tell people I'm a recovering auditor and CPA. So uh, before I came to Bradyware the first time. I was mainly an auditor for another public accounting firm, and that's that's where I spent uh, pretty much my whole civilian uh, professional career uh, was as an auditor. Did some value, a little bit of valuation work and due diligence work along the way. Uh, wanted to get into it full time, and, and that's why I came to Bradyware. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm curious. I'm going off script a little bit, but I'm I'm curious. What was it? What was it about audit that you didn't like, or what was it about moving into specialty services like valuation that attracted you? Well, uh, as far as what I didn't like about auditing was that I didn't like the relationship that it that it created with your clients. Um, it was it was difficult to to feel like you're adding value to them because uh, you know audit is is a, is a compliance engagement, uh, for them. It's a compliance engagement. And so, uh, I enjoyed the investigative nature of it, but I didn't like everything around it. Uh, I didn't like that. It felt like our clients, uh, were put out by us being there. And because they were put out by us being there, it was, it was really hard to engage with them on bigger picture stuff. Uh, and it was also hard to engage them on bigger picture stuff because you're, you're just down in the weeds in an audit trying to trying to get the numbers right that, um, you know, l- looking at historical information that it's, it's really hard to talk about the future with your client. So that's, that's the reason I didn't like auditing. Um, and I liked valuation for, for very similar, similar reasons. You know, it was, it was, it's forward thinking. You can get into, to big picture conversations with your client about where they're going. Uh, but I also like the quantitative nature of it as well. And, and you don't, you don't quite get that in auditing. So, when you first came to Brady, where how long were you were you at the company the first time around? I was I was at Bradyware for almost a year. Well, I'll say a year and a couple months. Okay. And so, what led you to start contemplating a change? What what prompted what what prompted that thought process or your internal conversation? There were a handful of things that went into it. Uh, I do think it's important to mention that. The, the job that I left Bradyware for uh, was actually a job I interviewed for uh, before, before I came to Bradyware the first time. And so, uh, you know, ultimately decided to come to Bradyware as opposed to going to, to uh, Ernst & Young. Um, so it was always on my mind. And I had never had Big Four experience. Um, you know, I, I just I simply didn't have the grades or the professional wherewithal to to value 
an opportunity at a, at a big four accounting firm right out of school, like most uh, young graduates do. And so it was an experience I never got. It was an opportunity I knew was out there because I'd interviewed for it. So it was, it was kind of in the back of my mind. But as far as what happened at Brady, where specifically, uh, you know, people had a hard time separating me as a CPA from the rest of the traditional CPA group. And so um, even though all I did was valuation work, or at least that's all I was supposed to do, when busy season rolled around, there was this, this pressure to behave and follow a similar schedule as uh, the tax and audit people were following, which, as you know, valuation work, it, it comes and goes. It, you, you very well may find yourself extremely busy in the middle of the summer when uh, the tax and audit folks at a CPA firm are, aren't doing much. And, and what was kind of the defining moment was I had had a, a, uh, a networking event that I set up with a financial planner here in town. And I think it was maybe April 5th. So I went to this networking meeting and, and at the time, the valuation group honestly was pretty slow. Um, so I go to this networking event, come back the next day. And one of my direct, one of the partners here asked where I had been. And I said, well, I, I had a, I had a networking event and he said to me, no more networking events during busy season. And, and um, I didn't, I didn't, respond to that very well, to be honest with you, because again, busy season shouldn't be something that necessarily drives the schedule of valuation people. What drives their schedule is the inflow and outflow of work. Uh, And, and on average valuation people or will bill as much hours or even more uh, than their, than their uh, audit and tax colleagues uh, over the span of a year. It just comes at different times. And so I was pretty frustrated that, I, that it, there was this expectation to work like I'm a CPA, even though I'm not doing CPA work during that busy season time, that traditional busy season time of the year. And then, and then, of course, what happened was after regular busy season was over, we got very busy on the valuation side. And I was working Saturdays in the summer, which, again, is, is that in and of itself, not a problem. Happy to work 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week if I have to. Uh, but to be expected to work busy season with everyone else and then, you know, deal with the highs and lows of, of, uh, our, our, the, you know, highs and lows of valuation work, um, was not, was not going to work for me. And so, and so I, you know, had that, that Ernst and Young opportunity in the back of my mind. And I thought, well, if, if I'm going to work, be expected to work this hard all the time. And I never got that big four experience. I might as well pursue that and, and see where it goes. And, and at least I'll know either way that it was that, uh, it was a good, it was a good move or a bad move, but at least I'll, I'll put that question to rest in my mind. So that's, that's why I, pretty much why I left. Okay. So then you made the move and you were there for your EY for some period of time. What made you realize or made you start to think that maybe that wasn't the right move to make? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, it was, there was a, there was a number of things leading up to it. You know, one Culturally, those big organizations are just different. They're not, they're not good. They're not bad. They just are. Um, and and the, the best example of it I can offer is when I walk down a hallway and I pass a, a coworker that 
I barely, I'm, I might not know at all. I may, I may, may barely know or if I do know them, I always smile and, and, and greet them and, and say hi and go on about my business. I don't I certainly don't try to pull someone into a small talk conversation, but I, I feel like it's just a nice thing to, to acknowledge someone as you pass by them. Well, I would do that at EY and you could tell people were, I don't want to say put out by it, but they certainly didn't know how to respond to it. Huh. Um, and, and, and again, that's just a, a, it's just, I'm trying to try to offer a small example of, of the sort of tense culture in those big places. Um, so, you know, culturally it wasn't a great fit, but, but, uh, probably the bigger issue for me was that I, I had some good ideas on, on how to do business development and, and they worked in, in the middle market. I think they were easily scalable and, and they involved relationships with big law firms uh, and coming from the middle market and, and sort of being an out of towner because um, I had to change locations, change cities to go to EY. I did not have uh, the relationships with, with the big law firms in town, but I knew that some of the partners that, that Ernst and Young did. And so I, I presented this business development idea to him and just said, look, I just, I just need an introduction. You can be a part of it. You don't. You can or you don't have to be. It's up to you. But if if you can just give me an introduction, I'll run with it, and I, and I think it'll work. And that uh, that business development idea was was not was not warmly received. Uh, and I you know I come from a place in the middle market when you have a, a senior accountant or a senior associate or a manager or pretty much any level employee that is excited and and, and comes up with ideas about business development and networking. My experience had been that partners were, were, they loved it. You know, they wanted to get behind it. They were glad that somebody was thinking about that. Uh, whereas that wasn't the case at UI. It, you, you really got this feeling that they just wanted you to put your head down and do the work. And, you know, we'll make you a partner someday if we think you're worthy of it. And, and we're not going to, you know, get, get behind your, your own initiatives and, and the efforts you're trying to take control of with your career and, and make it happen. It's, you know, we'll, we'll do it for you if, if we, if we want you to have it, that that's, that's the takeaway I got from it. Uh, so there was that, you know, culturally it just wasn't a big fit. And then I, I, it was exciting to work on big M&A deals with big companies, but um, again, just this, 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 the sheer size of those organizations and EY, uh, there wasn't, there wasn't really a, I'll say a, a, a personal connection with your with your colleagues really and, and your clients. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't a good fit for me all around on, on those fronts. So how, how, how long did it take for you, you know, to come to realize that that wasn't something you could fix that you'd have to probably make another change? Probably about five or six months into it. Okay. So pretty quickly. Yeah, pretty quickly. Uh, and you know, at the five or six month mark, I knew that it was not going to be a long-term thing. And initially my plan was, you know, well, you got to do whatever you do. You always have to do it for a year. Um, or at least that's, <laughs> that's what I've been told by people um, that you should always stick around at, at whatever job you have for a year. So that was the plan. Once, once the year passed up, um, I would start looking to make a move. So, um, you know, you ultimately came back to Bradyware, which is awesome. Um, but did you think about moving to another firm 
first as opposed to coming back to Brady Ware? And, and if so, you know, what, what made you choose trying to come back as opposed to going, you know, moving on to yet another firm? So I, I knew that the first place I was going to look was Brady Ware, but I, I wasn't sure if, if an opportunity would be there. So, you know, I had some other firms in mind, but Brady Ware was, was going to be my first choice. Um, for a lot of reasons, but, but namely because, you know, even though we, you know, there was, we had to do some work on figuring out my schedule and my schedule expectations. It's, it's difficult to find, at least in this area of the country, it's difficult to find a firm the size of Brady Wares with a dedicated valuation partner uh, and even debt, you know, a dedicated valuation team. They're just, they're just few and far between. Um, so so I knew Brady Ware was going to be my first choice. And if that didn't work, I wasn't, you know, I was kind of just kind of, you know, throwing, throwing rocks out there just to see what would happen. <clears throat> okay. Now, I mean, you had some, you had some very specific reasons for why you left Brady Ware in the first place. Did, did you have concerns about, about those things basically starting up again? And, and if so, how did, how did you convince yourself that, that either those concerns would go away or the second time around you'd be able to work? work through them? Well, I, I knew that in order for me to come back, it was going to be, it was going to be a conversation that I had to address first and foremost, and, and with the managing partner of the firm. Um, so th that was, that was it. I, I knew that the, the people in charge of my schedule, the people in charge, period, I had to get their buy-in and, and it had to be very clear on what the expectations for you know, my schedule would be before I would come back. And, and you know, did, did you have a sense before you even started the conversation that, that, that Brady Ware would be receptive to you returning? Uh, I, well, I, I felt like I hadn't burnt any bridges, um, uh, that I was aware of. Okay. Um, and and I, I won't say I, I didn't know how the conversation was go, was going to go for sure, but I, you know, recognizing I didn't think that burnt bridges, um, recognizing that there that Brady Ware does have a valuation team, and and at least they talked about taking the valuation practice seriously prior to me leaving. And um, yeah, it, it seemed like it, it it seemed like something that we could come we could come to an agreement on. Um, yeah, I wasn't. I was. I'll say. I'll, I'll say. It was. I was fairly hopeful that we could work it out. Okay. And, and how did you initiate the the conversation? Did did you did you contact the managing partner directly? Did you go through a go between? How, how did you do that? No, I, I contacted the managing partner directly. Uh, if if I if I remember correctly, I think I I think I texted him and and said uh, and said, hey, it's it's Owen. Would you be interested in in enter? Would you entertain a conversation about me coming back to Brady Ware? And he said absolutely. And um, and so we, you know, we we set a date and time to meet for some drinks, and we just we just sort of sat down and hashed it all out. So it sounds like it was sounds like it was very fairly quick. I think there's a great object lesson there. <clears throat> it's so important when you leave a place to leave it well and not burn any bridges. Um, and, and whether it's leaving the door open to coming back or, you know, in, in my scenario, a place that I worked for a number of years, um, you know, they still, they still refer me work, um, because I didn't burn any bridges and, 
you know, even, even if you're leaving in a scenario where you're kind of irritated, um, there's just, you know, there's no substitute for, for leaving classy because you just, there's no reason to, to, to just close doors prematurely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, it, it, there's, even if you leave just flat out angry, um, you got to remember that, yeah, you, you might be mad at, at the decision makers who were in charge at the time you left, but you may have had great relationships with the next generation. And if, and if, and whether you mean to or not, you may burn bridges with the next generation that you had previously had good relationships with, uh, if you leave in so bad of a way. So, um, it's, it's best to just put angry aside and, and, and do your best to, to be polite, be helpful, right. Transition your projects in, in the most efficient and, and complete way possible. And, and put it behind you in, in a way that you'll feel good about. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, you're, you're at ENY for about five months before you realize it wasn't the fit you thought it was going to be. So I don't remember the actual timeline, but it was probably less than a year that you're actually at, you're there. Was it hard? Was it hard to tell them that you were, you were going back? Yeah, it, it was. Um, because it, it was the same, uh, I think, I think his title was managing director. Um, the same guy that I, that really, I had interviewed with him the first time. And then when I, and I, you know, I, I had to respectfully just turn it down. I, I didn't get off of the job, but my communications with him in the, in the first, the first time I interviewed was, you know, he felt like things went good, just sit tight. And then of course, you know, the, the initial opportunity of Brady where it came up. So I, I had to respectfully de- remove myself from being considered. Uh, and then the second time around, it was, it was, it was with that same individual and, uh, but the second time was a little bit different because there wasn't an actual job posting. I just reached out to him and I uh, invited him to breakfast and, you know, told him that I, if, uh, if there was a need that I'd, I'd love to ex- explore uh, that opportunity that I passed up on. So, so it was, it was a pretty informal process, um, you know, going, actually making the change from Brady where to UI and uh, th- this individual, I think kind of opened some doors that weren't, formally open for me to come so it was it was tough you know it, it was it was tough to tell him that I was leaving because I, I felt like I, I certainly wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for him and I, I think he kind of went out of his way uh, to get me the opportunity and um, you know I hated to let him down uh, and, and you know he he was he was supportive about it I'm uh, you know I, he you know it wasn't mean or disrespectful or anything but uh but you know I I I acknowledge that I, I got that job because of him. He worked that he worked on getting it for me and then, and then had to turn and leave uh, relatively quickly. So that, that was tough. I, I wonder if he sensed at all that there wasn't a good fit and that maybe he wasn't totally surprised or did you just not have enough contact with your pulse in the situation to really know that? Yeah, Mike, I honestly don't know. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, but I I, cert- I did. And I wrote a, a a hand thank you or a I, I hand wrote an apology letter slash thank you letter for giving me an opportunity and you know, apologize it didn't work out. Uh, never really heard from him after that, but um, yeah, it's 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 accounting. It's big four. It, he sees people come and go all the time, so it was, it was probably really no skin off his back, I'm sure. But uh, but yeah, it, you know, it was it was tough to it was tough to acknowledge to myself that I. 
that I got someone to help me do something and then and turn around and left pretty quickly. So, you know, looking back on it now, and you've been back at, at Brady Ware for some time, you know, I think a year and a half or close to it, was it the right decision to come back? It absolutely was. Um, obviously, if you're not a fit for a place culturally, you shouldn't be there no matter, regardless of where you end up going. Um, but it, you know, it was tough leading, leaving Brady Ware the first time around. And, and I will say, you know, to, the process of coming back was, was, was pretty painless. I, I, you know, I told the managing partner about the issues I was having and, and why I left. And, uh, he was very supportive that, you know, we'd be able to, we'd be able to figure those things out and no regrets. It's, it's been great ever since and it's, it's where I belong. And, and, uh, unless something crazy happens, it's where I'm going to stay. So those issues, so those, um, those, those issues that you had the first time around, sounds like they've been, they've been effectively cleared up and taken off, taken off your, your desk. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, no, there's never been, um, there, there's never been any inkling that those issues are still out there. Now I, I will say I, and, and this is a me thing, knowing that, that my colleagues are here on Saturdays, sometimes I come in on Saturdays just to as a show of solidarity, but that's a, you know, that's a, that's a choice on my part. So, um, and, and I'm happy to do it. It's, it, I don't know. You, you see people working hard. You certainly don't want to ignore the fact that your colleagues are having a tough time, yep. even though, you know, even though you, you're not going to ask them to work Saturdays for you in the summer on your evaluation work. But at the same time, I, I think they appreciate that I show up and, and I, and I, I think one Saturday, this, this busy season, I brought breakfast for everyone. Um, so, you know, it's, it's important to, to know, to, for people to know that you support them, even though you might not be right there in the, in the fray with them. Yeah. I think, I think that's astute. Um, yeah, I, I don't come in on Saturdays and I hardly come into the office at all. But, <laughs> but one thing I've, I've always tried to do on whenever I've worked at a CPA firm is at least on, on, on a, a big tax deadline day, like April 15th, I'll make sure that I'm in the office. And I'll typically clear my schedule so that if, if somebody, I'm not touching a tax return, but if they need help, like stuffing envelopes and stuff, or just take a step down to the post office and have an extra pair of hands to make myself available. Now, frankly, people are smart enough to just not engage me. Um, and I, th I think part of that is because I don't know the processes. So it take more time to teach me than it would, to, than it would save for me to actually be a participant. But, you know, I do think there's an appreciation when, you know, if you're if you're not the core accounting group, that you're you're at least making some effort to be there in the trenches during crunch time. I think there is yeah. something to that. Absolutely. Um. So you know, looking back on it, what what lessons do you think you've learned from the whole experience? What are some things that that you think are key takeaways that you know, if somebody were coming to you and saying, "Look, I'm thinking of going, getting my old job back at some place," um, what would you? What might you tell them? Well, I, I'd say one, you know, you, you've got to be direct on addressing the issues uh, that you had and, and, the, and the things that drove you to leave the first time. Um, that's one, you know, because don't, don't go into it blind. Don't go into it assuming that everything's going to be okay. Find who's in charge, whoever has the, uh, the ability to address those issues on your behalf uh, and, and, and make sure they're addressed. Because if, if, 
if my experience the second time around was the same as it was the first time, this wouldn't be working. So, uh, so that's important. And then, and then two, don't be afraid to communicate. Um, even if that means going over somebody's head, when I, when the managing partner and I had, had the conversation about me coming back and I, and I told him what was going on, one of the first things he said was, why didn't you tell, tell me this the first time? You know, why, why didn't you let me know this was happening? And, and I said, well, I, I kind of felt like I was going over someone's head and I've always been taught you just don't do that. And that, and a lot of that is carryover from a military career. Um, but I just, you know, I had this idea that you just don't, you don't go over people's head. Uh, and if I had let go, let go of that and just tried to address it with, with somebody that could, that could do something about it, I probably never would. I may have never left. Um, that's, so a that, really that's, tough, that's a really tough spot to be in. I, you know, I, I, I can empathize that, you know, you want to respect the chain of command. It's it's a big political it's a big move politically to go over somebody's head because once you do that, you better kind of get what you want, <laughs> or right or it's you know it, it's going to come back it's going to come back on you in a bad way. So yeah. I I can see how that part of the decision process would would be hard. I think for anybody that would be that would be hard. Yeah, I. If you're if you're going to go over someone's head, it it better be over something that if it doesn't get fixed, you're leaving, yeah. Because you may you may need to after that, anyways. Uh, you know, That's it's, a good it point. Was, it's definitely a, a last a last resort move, but but I but I wish I wish I'd done it because it it, pro- it might have changed things. Um, another thing I learned is is the, again the importance of not burning bridges because. Up until the time I left Brady Ware, I had, I had worked for, you know, Brady Ware was my fourth accounting firm, you know, kind of worked places one to two years, three in uh, one case, and then would change firms just to try it, you know, try a new one out and see, you know, see if there's new clients and opportunities. And so Brady Ware was the fourth firm I had worked at. And aside from this whole scheduling thing was, was my favorite one. Um, you know, I love the fact that they empowered me to do evaluation work. I love that they were serious about the evaluation practice. Um, and, and so it was, it was a good thing that I didn't burn that bridge because you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I would have, if I had burned it, I, I wouldn't have been able to come back and, and I would have regretted that. So on this, this has been a, a, I think a very useful conversation. Um, our list, some of our listeners may have questions they wish I would have asked but didn't or may want to go deeper on something. If somebody wants advice on whether or not they should get their own job, their old job back, can people contact you for advice? And if so, what's the best way to do that? Absolutely. Uh, my email is, is great. Uh, or honestly, they, they can call my office phone, but I'd say my email is probably your better bet. And that is O Sizemore. So O S. I Z E M O R E at Bradyware.com. Well, very good. Um, that's going to wrap it up for today's program. I'd like to thank Owen Sizemore so much for sharing his expertise with us. We will be exploring a new topic each week. So please tune in so that when you're faced with your next business decision, you have clear vision when making it. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider leaving a review with your favorite podcast aggregator. It helps people find us so that we can help them. 
If you'd like to engage with me on social media with my chart of the day and other content, I'm on LinkedIn as myself and at Unblakeable on Facebook, Twitter, Clubhouse, and Instagram. Once again, this is Mike Blake, our sponsor is Brady Wearing Company, and this has been the Decision Vision Podcast.